Let me read from uh, Philippians 2, 5 through 11. It says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being, sorry, uh, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Um, and, and if you just came in, uh, today we are... Uh, we're privileged to have Andrew and Sarah McGinnis with us. Um, they are heading to the Rainforest International School in Yonde, Cameroon um, with Wycliffe Bible Translators. This is the same place that Brian and Debbie Schmaltz were um, for part of this last year. Andrew will be the chaplain and Sarah is going to be the art teacher. Um, Sarah, many of you know her, but, but some of you don't if you're newer to Harvest in the last few years. She's the daughter of uh, Dave and Bonnie Deal. She grew up going to Harvest um, and Harvest was one of her main partner churches when she served with Wycliffe for six years in uh, Tanzania. And she's stayed in touch with many people that, that meet in the adult uh, Sunday school um, group, um, which was uh, a group that was praying for, for Sarah uh, to meet her husband, uh, Andrew. And, and they've been married, I think, about 15 months now. Uh, Andrew's from Northeast Ohio. Uh, he served the past eight years as a youth leader in his church in Ohio. Um, he also worked for about 10 years in uh, Christian camping ministry. Um, he's been a part of many, many short-term mission trips. I think he's been to about 17 countries across the globe. Um, so they're going to share this morning uh, with us what, what's happening with Bible translation in Cameroon and their roles at the uh, Rainforest International School. So let's welcome them up. Hello, it is really good to finally be here. Um, we did enjoy visiting in, via video back in the spring, but um, we're really glad to be here in person um, and share today with you. When I think of Harvest, as Greg was saying, I just I do think of it with thankfulness for the time that many of you partnered with me while I was in Tanzania. I was really thankful for the interest that was shown. The missions team and the congregation were both um, interested in video chatting. With me while I was there, there was financial partnership and there was prayer support in the Sunday school class especially was a, a big part of that. And um, and I do think an uh, instrumental part in Andrew's and my meeting and um, coming together, getting married. This is Andrew, if you haven't met him. Hi. Um, and so, yeah, we're really excited to see how God has brought us together and now to see where he's leading us together in ministry. Yeah, we are really appreci uh, we really appreciate being with you this morning. Um, we, we loved being with you last time we were here. It was at Christmas time and being able to worship and celebrate uh, our Savior's birth uh, uh, then was wonderful. And you welcomed us in uh, and, and really were hospitable to us. Um, so we are really excited to share with you today. As we, as what Greg was saying, is we are heading on a new adventure as we are head to uh, Cameroon today. So thank you so much for having us. Um, so before we get started, Andrew, 
What's yeah. that in your pocket? My pocket? I, yeah, no, your your back I, pocket. My, my back pocket? What? Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Rainy, how did you get in here? Uh, for all the kids here and all the kids at heart here today, this is our pet uh, travel chameleon, Rainy. So say hi to everybody, Rainy. Um, yeah, well, it's actually good that he decided to come along today because you'll be seeing more of him when we're in Cameroon. As Andrew said, he likes to travel. He's been to Michigan. He's been to Tennessee, to Florida, but he's actually never been to a different country. So he's very excited about Cameroon. Yeah, Ray has been reading a lot about Cameroon right now in a lot of the books. And I think he has a couple of facts that he'd like to share with everybody today about Cameroon. So what? Oh, okay. Oh, that, that's a good one. Thanks, Rainy. Um, did you guys know that Cameroon is the only country in the whole entire world named after a crustacean? Now, a crustacean is, of course, an animal that lives in usually in water and has like a big hard shell in it. And so in, in French, the word for shrimp is Cameroon. That is pretty cool. And they have a really cool type of, uh, of meal there that's made with peanut stew and has shrimp in it and has spinach. And it's pretty yummy. It's a national dish is what we heard. So Rainy is really excited about sharing with you, uh, trying that. Yeah, and the other day he was telling me about a dance style they have there called Douala. I mean, not it's called Makosa, which means I dance in the language Douala. And it has brass instruments and electrical guitar, some singing, and conga drums mixed together. So he's very excited about that. What? Oh, yeah. And uh, Ray also wants to send everyone some photos of all the different kinds of animals he's going to see there. And he's really excited about that. There's like a lot of gorillas there. And of course, all the different kinds of uh, African uh, animals like elephants and giraffes and lions and cheetahs. And so he is really excited to kind of see all different animals. And there's even an animal that has a really long nose that's kind of a mouse like that's called the elephant shrew. So, yeah, keep your eyes open for Rainy. Um, he'll be sending you information from Cameroon. And if anybody has a question for him, you can send that our way and he might even respond with a photo to help you learn more about Cameroon. And we are excited to share with you some Cameroon facts about Cameroon today, but even more so, we are excited to share with you the kind of one of the bigger main reasons why we're going, and that's to help support Bible translation. So I'm going to ask, we have asked a couple people this morning to, uh, to uh, uh, read to you a passage uh, from, from scripture to do. So if I could have the, the people who volunteered so graciously to come forward uh, for us this morning. Um, I want you guys to right now think of a difficult time in your life. What would it have been like to go through that time without a single verse of scripture to direct you, to, to, have you, to comfort you? Um, today we're going to look at the same passage in all three uh, uh, translations here, and that's going to be Second Timothy chapter one, verses six and seven. So we have three different translations and three different languages here with all the same verse. And so, can I have the person with the red Bible uh, please read to us Second uh, Timothy chapter one, verses six and seven? 
right, I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Wow. If that was the only version of scripture we had access to, as English speakers, we would have a, be able to learn a lot about who God is. We get to know who God is, what he says about himself, how he, how he loves us and created us, how he uh, wants to have a relationship with us, and we would know how we could respond to him. Uh, can I have the person reading the second version? Now, this is a, in, in the Blue Bible, this is a Hawaiian language, the Hawaiian pidgin language. So please read that for us this morning. As why I like tell you this, that time when I put my hands on top of you and pray, God will make you so you can work for him. So now go out for do um. Because uh, you know the spirit that God wins send for take us over uh, over us guys. That not that not the kind spirit that make us scared every time. He wins send the kind spirit for take over us guys for make us come strong and get love and aloha and know how for stay in charge of everything we do. If that was the only uh, version of the Bible we had as English speakers, we would be able to get part of what God was saying in his word. We would be able to understand part of who God is, what he says about himself, what he says about us, and how we relate to him. However, I don't think we would quite get everything. We would have some things that we were not, it would be a little confusing, a little bit not what we would be used to. Now, can I have the person reading uh, from the uh, Deftera Lefide Destuali uh, this morning. Please read for that. This is a language in Cameroon. This is the Hadi language. Kagha gulikea saya ta keliuka haglakethakta yaha kada wundinja squi ya viaga lasglafka ma fikitita fagahata thank you very much for struggling through that today and thank you for all of you for uh, willingness to share with us this morning uh, one of God's important truths uh, for us if that version that Bonnie just read for us this morning is the only version that we had access to as English speakers we would not know who God is we would have a really hard time knowing uh, what he says about himself, uh, what he says about us, how we can have a relationship with him, we would be totally in the dark. Now, I do have a fourth language that I would normally ask somebody to speak, uh, to share with you this morning. This is the Akum language. Um, this is a language spoken uh, by a small Cameroon people group. And they live, there's about 1,400 of these people. Uh, they live on the border of Nigeria. Um, the problem is there is no translation for them. And see, that's the condition of more than 2,000 language groups in our world today. There's no access for them to know the revelation of Scripture, to know about God, what he says about himself, and how they can know him. God's word transforms lives 
And this, so there is a great need in Bible translation so people can have access to Scripture. Now, this is a story from Cameroon that shows how God's Word can be transforming lives even in the process of translation. So I'd like to share this story with you today. It's called God So Devoed the World. Translator Lee Bramlett was confident that God had left his mark on the Hui culture somewhere. But he could, but though he searched, he could not find it. Where was the footprint of God in the history or daily life of these Cameroonian people? What clue had he placed to let the Hidi know that he, who God is and how he wants to relate to them? Then one night in a dream, God prompted Lee to look again at the Hidi word for love. Lee and his wife, Tammy, had learned that verbs in Hidi consistently end in one of three vowels, E, A, and U. For almost every verb, they could find forms ending in E, A, and U. But when it came to the word for love, they could only find E and A. Why no U? Lee asked the translation committee, including the most influential leaders of the community, could you devee your wife? Yes, they said. That would mean that the wife had been loved, but the love was gone. Could you devah your wife? Yes, they said. That kind of love depended on the wife's actions. She would be loved as long as she remained faithful and cared for her husband well. Could you devu your wife? Lee asked. Everyone laughed. Of course not, they said. If you said that, you would have to keep loving your wife no matter what she did, even if she never got you water, never made you meals. Even if she committed adultery, you would be compelled to just keep on loving her. No, we would never say devu. It just does not exist. Lee sat quietly for a while, thinking about John 3.16. And then he asked, could God devu people? There was complete silence for three or four minutes. Then tears started to trickle down the weathered faces of these elderly men. Finally, they responded. Do you know what this would mean, they asked? This would mean that God kept loving us over and over, millennia after millennia, while all that time we rejected his great love. One simple vow and the meaning was changed from, I love you based on who you are and what you do, to I love you based on who I am. God had encoded the story of his unconditional love right there in their language. For centuries, the little word was there, unused but available, grammatically correct, and quite understandable. When the word was finally spoken, it called into question their entire belief system. If God was like that and not a mean and angry spirit, did they need the spirits of the ancestors to intercede for them? Did they need sorcery to relate to the spirits? Many decided the answer was no, and the number of Christ followers quickly grew from a few hundred to several thousand. And we have the Hidi language, uh, New Testament right here. This is, this is the New Testament written in Hidi that, Grace, that Bonnie so graciously tried to read for us this morning. Um, and so now that this is printed, there are over 29,000 speakers who have the ability to read and study God's Word. And so they are impacted with, with verses like this. Um, Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, devote your wives just as Christ devoted the church. As God's word is translated around the world, people are getting access to this great love story about how God devoted us uh, to sacrifice his only son. The cross changes everything. 
someday the last word of the last bit of scripture, of the last community will be done and everyone will be able to understand the story of God's unconditional love for us. So currently, Wycliffe missionaries in Cameroon are working on 75 languages out of over 270 languages uh, spoken there in Cameroon. The Hadean New Testament is just one of 25 uh, plus New Testaments that have been completed in Cameroon in the last 30 years. And with these 25 New Testaments, by God's power, uh, they have the potential to transform not just hundreds of lives or thousands of lives, but millions uh, of lives can be transformed. And so we, Sarah and I, are really excited this morning to contribute to what God is doing in Cameroon. So if I could have you guys come back to uh, the passage that Greg read for us this morning in Philippians 2. Uh, not only did Jesus take human form, as it says there in John 1, 1 where the word became flesh and dwelt among us, Jesus dwelt or lived in a specific place in a specific time and spoke the language of the people among whom he was born into. So most likely Jesus learned Aramaic from his parents, Mary and Joseph. And Aramaic is the local a language of Galilee. Jesus also taught his followers in this very same language, in the language of Aramaic. Jesus spoke th- th- the language of those around him. Why? Jesus spoke Aramaic so the people around him could understand him. It's really as simple as that. Now, I w- want you to ask you this question here. What was the language um, that the New Testament was primarily written in. It wasn't Aramaic. Um, it wasn't written down in English like we have in our Bibles today. It was written down in Greek. And that is the common trade language of that day. Why did God have his word written down in that language? Well, one reason is that God wanted his word to be understood throughout the whole known world. By having it written down in Greek, the New Testament could quickly and easily be transferred, shared, and spread throughout the whole Roman Empire. God wanted his word to be known and understood by the people of that particular time in that particular place. So nowadays, what language do we speak to God in? And what language does he speak to us in? It's probably not Greek. Today we speak in community communicate to God in language we know best. And for most of us, that's going to be English, right? Uh, God willingly communicates with us in ways that we are able to understand. He tends to respond to us in English too. He's not calling us to learn a certain language before we can follow him. Uh, We don't have to know Greek or Aramaic to know and understand God. We already have the Bible translated uh, in English for us. We can know God and understand his word, and ultimately we can have a relationship with him. It's not that difficult for us because we have his word written down right here in a language that speaks to our heart. Yet, there are those who cannot hear his word in a language that speaks to their heart, nor can they be comforted through the reading of it. There are millions of people who do not have God's word in a language that they can understand. 
they can't see God's truth for their own and then be able to follow him and have a relationship with him. Unlike ourselves here at Harvest today, they have to learn a whole entire different language just so they are able to read and understand God's word. And this should not be the case. Remember, our English Bibles are just a translation as well. So Ken Pike, who is one of the pioneers of the modern Bible translation movement, said this, uh, man's personal identity comes to fullness through, the expressing, to, through expressing himself freely in his mother tongue. It is a burden for the poor and the uneducated to struggle with any other tongue. We should be deliberately, we should de- deliberately for, should we deliberately force them to struggle to learn about Christ in our language simply because it is hard for us to learn theirs? We are supposed to carry their burdens, not make them carry ours. This was the mind of Christ. Let's return to the Philippians passage here and look at the mind of Christ. Uh, In verse 5, it says, we as Christians should have the same mindset as Christ. We should think like him. We should act like him. We should follow him. In verse 6, even though he was God, he had the authority and had authority over everything. He did not lord over people. And instead, Jesus came in human form to simply serve others. He came to serve the widows, the orphans, the lepers, those in the community that the people pushed to the side. He dined with sinners and tax collectors. He welcomed those who felt like they were outcasts, and he welcomed the uneducated fishermen into his own group. Jesus modeled a servant's heart and calls his followers, us, to do the same thing. Christ loved us and wanted to serve us so much that he willingly died on the cross for us. Each one of us uh, is loved by him. Christ reconciled us before God the Father, and God wants everyone to abide in him. He wants everyone to know and understand his word so they can know him and have a relationship with him. And so we as Christians should also want that desire. We should want to shoulder and carry the burden of knowing other people's languages and helping people have the Bible that accurately speaks God's truth in a language that speaks to them. People should not have to carry that burden alone. Christ humbly served, and so should we as his followers. We should strive to put ourselves second and look after the needs of others who are in need. So finally, Cameron Townsend, the founder of Wycliffe Bible Translators, once said this, The greatest missionary is the Bible in the mother tongue. It needs no furlough and is never considered a foreigner. So, to, just to wrap up here, verse 11 of Philippians 2. Um, verse 11 speaks of a day where every tongue will confess and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is indeed Lord. So, there are over 2,000 languages or tongues that do not have a single word of the Bible translated yet. So, but one day... Every tongue will indeed confess that Jesus is Lord. And 
I want to be a part of that, of that work uh, that helps bring a, a verse 11 into actuality. Um, and I would love for each one of you to be a, par- a partner in that as well. And so Andrew's in my part in that big picture is serving at Rainforest International School or RFIS in the capital city of Cameroon, Yaoundé. Um, Rainforest International School is a middle school high school that serves three different mission organizations, including Wycliffe Bible Translators, and will be serving with Wycliffe. Um, Now, schools for missionary kids are really important because, as many parents in the States are realizing recently, homeschooling is not for everybody, and middle school and high school can be especially difficult grades to homeschool. Um, Also, a lot of parents are actually called to other roles in Bible translation or other organizations, and if they're needing to focus on homeschooling, they aren't able to focus on those roles. And um, not having a good education option is one of the main reasons that missionary families leave the field. As Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14 says, For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So each of us has been made in unique ways uh, that we can use to praise God and serve other people. And so right now, Sarah and I would like to share with you a little bit of how God has made us uniquely and and, and kind of shaped us to serve in the roles that we're going to have in in Cameroon. So my role at RFIS will be the art teacher. Um, They actually haven't had an art teacher for many years, so I'm working on getting the curriculum ready. We were encouraged in that process because we heard from a mom whose younger son is going into middle school, and she said that he's really been hoping for an art teacher, and they've been praying for that. And so we've just been encouraged to know that we're an answer to prayer as we are preparing. Um, Now, as many of you know, I, I love art, and I may have gotten that from some of my family that are here with us today. Um, As a kid, one thing I remember doing was sitting at the kitchen table and drawing ladies from different cultures. I like to draw Japanese ladies in kimonos and Indian ladies in saris. Then when I was in high school, I actually was able to go visit another culture for the first time. I went to Japan and I really enjoyed it, but I I wanted to keep traveling with some sort of more meaningful work than, than sightseeing. That eventually led to the over Um, to hearing about Wycliffe Bible Translators and the mission of Wycliffe, and then working over six years in Tanzania um, teaching elementary school, which I really enjoyed. All along during that time, I was teaching some art to my students, and I was growing in my own art skills. One thing I was learning was just how art is a way that I can connect with God and also communicate with other people about what he's teaching me. Um, And so now I'm just excited to see these three loves being woven together, teaching, missions, and art in this role that um, I can fill at Rainforest International School. And in my role, I'm going to be the chaplain at Rainforest International School. And uh, there I'm going to be be able to teach some Bible classes as well as uh, run the chapel service there. And I get to run the youth group program there. one way that God has woven into me is a passion to serve young people. Um, I, I love working and, and mentoring and discipling uh, young people because young people are the backbone of our church. They are the, like, they are so vital. They are the lifeblood. They are our future leaders of our church. And so I love pouring into them. I love seeing kids grow in their faith and then uh, going out and sharing with their friends. And so to me, that's been a huge passion of mine is serving 
uh, teenagers and working with them and just really, it, it's, a, it's been a delight. You see, when I, was, when I was born, I was born with cerebral palsy. And a lot of times, places I would go, people would kind of push me to the side. Um, they would look on the outside, see my handicap, and then like think that I was inadequate or I was not worthy of really paying attention or I would be too much work to really get involved with. So a lot of the places I went to, people just kind of like didn't want to deal with me. I was like a hassle. I was a burden. But when I went to my church, people saw, saw just how much God just saw me, saw, the, saw the, the worth, the value that God sees in me. They, they then poured into me, invested in me, and helped me grow uh, and, and really got me excited to go and then serve other people. So now that's what I get to do. And so I've last eight years, I've been uh, working in Ohio as a youth pastor, uh, working with middle school and high school students uh, on a weekly basis and just pouring into them and helping them grow. Another thing that God has kind of woven into me and, and given me a passion for has been kind of serving in cross-cultural uh, 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 opportunities and heading overseas. And so I, I've been very fortunate um, growing up in a rural part of Ohio to have traveled all over the world um, and serve in so many variety of ways, whether it's smuggling Bibles into Uzbekistan or uh, working with Aboriginal churches and uh, uh, evangelism in, in Amazon. So I've had a lot of different opportunities. And so God has now woven in those two passions of working with young people and serving cross-cultural mi- uh, missions with this new role I have at Rainforest. And so I'm really excited to be a part of that. And um, to finish up, I have a puzzle here. And puzzles are a little bit like weaving. We've been talking about how God's woven us together individually as well as as a couple to serve. Um, but puzzles are a little bit like weaving because the, all the smaller pieces make up a more beautiful whole. Now, as um, parts of a team working on Bible translators, we're going to be a part of that picture. But that picture takes lots of different pieces. There's translators who help to get God's word into um, an accurate copy of scripture. There's um, literacy workers because most of the languages that Wycliffe works with don't actually have a written language yet. And so there needs to be people helping um, people learn how to read in their language. And then there's scripture engagement workers who help the pastors and churches start to use scriptures, like in Bible studies and things like that. Sometimes pilots are needed when the work is being done in a remote area to get people out there. And then, of course, you might need mechanics as well. And as people here at Harvest note, dorm parents, if there's a school, um, there would be a need for that. Um, IT people, as everywhere in the world, are needed for Bible translation. One of the things that IT people do is there there are programs now that can really speed up the process of Bible translation using like a related language. Now, office workers, of course, needed to make everything run smoothly. Even grocers, by the way. I have a friend who became a Wycliffe member because he's a grocer, and that was needed in Papua New Guinea. You might need nurses, um, especially if you're in a remote area or an area that's very foreign foreign to you. 
And then, like I was sharing, um, an art teacher might be needed, or teachers in general, so that kids, missionary kids can have a good education and their parents can go on with their work. And then, as Andrew shared, a chaplain is really important to come alongside the parents in the spiritual development of the students. Sometimes the puzzle looks a little bit misshapen, but that's just life, you know. Um, but these are all people who are probably working overseas in support of Bible translation. As you can see, though, the picture is not yet complete because there's some other really important roles. They're prayer warriors, and um, as we've shared, prayer has been vital in our life, and it will continue to be so. So we'd like to invite you, and thank you for those of you who are praying for us, but if you would like to pray for us, you can sign up to get our newsletter, which has prayer points, or you could sign up for the more frequent prayer updates. There's a clipboard over on that table that you can use to sign up for either of those things. We would love to have your prayers. And then finally, financial partners are also very important. Um, all Wycliffe missionaries are supported by individuals and churches who believe in the vision of Wycliffe and give on either a monthly or a yearly basis. They're, they're committed to that. Um, and we are committed to be in Cameroon at least three years. We're hoping to leave in November. If we get to 100% in October, we'll be able to do that. If we leave in November, we'll be able to start teaching the second semester at Rainforest. They actually just started this last Wednesday. They're doing a hybrid version of school right now, online and in person. Um, and currently, we are at 62% of our Wycliffe ministry budget, which is a really big praise of God bringing the puzzle pieces together for that so far. And um, we also have an, another budget that is the one-time expenses. And the required ones, we already have 100% of those, but... The, if we get extra in the one-time gifts department, we're putting that towards language school next summer so that we can speak the national language of Cameroon, which is French. Um, if you would like more information on Wycliffe or financial partnership, there's a couple stacks of these brochures over on the table over there that you can pick up after the service. And also, if you have any questions about anything we've shared, um, any way that you might be interested in going or if any way you might be interested in partnering with, with us, please talk to us after the service. So we really want to thank you so much for having us uh, share with you this morning. Um, and we thank you for all of you who have already decided to partner with us, who have been praying for us, who have been following our newsletter, uh, who have been uh, giving financially to us. We are so grateful and so thankful for all those things that you, you guys and you guys as a church and great uh, have been praying. And so we just thank you for that. And so we, we would love for each one of you to prayerfully consider partnering with us, um, uh, with us in this wonderful adventure that we're about to partake in. So thank you so very much.